that they recognize that third-party organizations, whether it's the talent board and not-for-profit, whether it's us as a vendor, we're in and out of a lot of places and we see a lot of things. And the really good ones tap us all the time for best practices. You know, how else have other people solved this? What other things are you seeing? You know, what's, what's exciting? You're listening to the Candy Shop Talk podcast brought to you by Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards Benchmark Research and hosted by Kevin W. Grossman. Talent Board is the first nonprofit research organization focused on elevating and promoting a quality candidate experience. The Candy Shop Talk podcast welcomes Mari Hannigan, CEO of Spark, enhancing your job descriptions and attracting the right candidates and a proud Candidate Experience Award sponsor. Listen in on how improving candidate experience impacts recruiting and the business bottom line. Mari, thank you so much for joining me today on the Candy Shop Talk podcast. Always a pleasure to talk with you. Now, before we dive into the rest of the show, why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do today? Okay. Hi, Kevin. It's always great to, to have this conversation with you. Um, I'm Maury Hannigan. I'm CEO of Sparkstart. Sparkstart is a cloud platform that enhances job descriptions, primarily with video of hiring manager and coworkers, so that you are more transparent, you put a human face on your job, and you really connect and engage candidates right at the very beginning of their job search. Um, we are longtime sponsors of the Candies. We're proud to be sponsors, and we really believe that if you treat candidates well and have credible and, and open interactions with candidates. You just do a better job for both sides. So we're, we're really excited to be part of this whole system. No, absolutely. And definitely want to thank you again for your continuous support uh, above and beyond the call of duty, as they say, let's talk shop <laughs> since this is what this show is all about. And we're going to, we're going to kind of go back and forth a little bit in this particular show uh, and have more of a conversation around kind of bigger picture, what's going on in, in organizations and the TA side, at least talent acquisition side and companies big and small across industries. So Mari, I'll ask you this and then I can, I'll comment as well, but I, I think one of the first things is there is quite a difference in the complexity and the sophistication of and quality of talent acquisition departments today, right? So how much of that difference are you seeing with the organizations you're working with? It's amazing. In the organizations, we we talk to a couple hundred companies in the course of a year, you know, whether that's just introductory demos or so forth. And it really amazes me the range of sophistication. And it's not just industry or size of company. It's not like all the big ones are doing a great job and the small ones are still in the dark ages. We're seeing large global companies that aren't much of a step ahead of, you know, the help wanted ads in the newspaper. And then we find places that you just step back and go, wow, have they got their act together? You know, they're, they're on top of their numbers. There really are significant differences. Don't you find that as you're approaching companies over, you know, participating in the candies that you're seeing just real big ranges and in, in how on top of their data and on top of their, their experience they are? We do. But what I do find enlightening to a certain degree is the fact that the hundreds of organizations that we work with each year that participate in our research in particular, and even just those that attend our workshops and events and where we're talking shop about it, is the fact that because they're at least there and they're engaging in and around improving recruitment and as it relates to candidate experience, they may still be three to five years behind as it relates to processes, technologies, et cetera, but they're at least having the conversation and participating in it, especially if they're asking their candidates for feedback. They may not know exactly where they're going yet as it relates to improvements they need to be made, but I, I would argue that there is 
a higher level of sophistication for those that are participating in our program, or at least taking a look in the mirror and even doing their own. I just talked to an organization yesterday that's uh, aggressively growing, kind of smaller, but getting close to being mid-sized organization globally that's in all three of the regions that we participate in. Hopefully they'll participate in the research, but they, you know, they're, but they've been talking about this for a couple of years. They know that it's impacting their business. They want to know how exactly and where they can make those improvements. So I agree with you on that. I just, but I do think that there's a tipping point of where if you're starting to engage in that conversation of improving candidate experience, that's a great step. Yeah. yeah you're probably talking to a transitional organization. And, you know, we say with, with Sparkstart that we have the privilege of working with the folks who are already doing the best job because they're committed to doing a good job. You know, they're kind of awake at the wheel and they understand that the folks who are doing a dreadful job, they just, there's not the awareness there yet. But yeah, we see organizations in transition all the time. Either you get a new TA leader in there who says, hey, we, we really need to, you know, wake this place up and shake things up. And we tell people all the time, you know, when we talk to them about participating in the candies and they say, oh, we're not ready for that yet. We know that we've got problems. And I always say, now's the time to get the data, get your base data so you can measure how much you've moved the needle. Don't wait until you've got everything done because then how do you prove your effectiveness? It's great to see people who understand that and say, okay, we know these numbers may be low this year, but let's at least know our starting point. That, that's, that's somebody who really understands how they use data to convince the organization. Well, I always wondered as well about the culture of the organization too, especially with leadership, that if you have a TA leader, a recruiting leader and, and, and team members who are resistant to, you know, they, they've been, maybe they've been having that conversation internally. Well, we're just not ready to do it yet. I wonder how much of that as well is concerned about if leadership found out <laughs> that, you know, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, and I've had similar conversations confidentially where, you know, if they found out that, are, that it's that dismal, of an experience uh, across the board. My God, am I going to have a job still? But then, then I kind of worry about that whole aspect of the fear <laughs> in that culture of like, if at the end of the day, it is impacting your business. Another thing that's, these are anomalies, but they're related to what we're talking about. I, I hope they're anomalies. Two large organizations recently that I talked with, one where they just did a whole new employee value proposition rebrand, implemented a new ATS, and then a, just over a year later, new whole new leadership team came in and had him do it all over again. Yeah. <laughs> and the team was like, just, I, I could see it in there and in this person's face, just, you know, it's just like, how, how do you a, get anything done for the right. business, much less recruiting, but, and then another organization where they had implemented a new talent management system with recruiting and HR and recruiting wasn't involved in the process at all. Yeah, yeah, we see that. And sometimes oh IT gosh. comes in and puts in a system. Yeah, it's oh just my dreadful. Gosh. I mean, it's, and that's, yeah, those are, but I think, yeah. you know, so anyway, and but, so why should this matter that what we're talking about, Mari? Why should this, what does well, this matter? Well, I think two things. If anyone's looking to move organizations, understanding, you know, not all TA departments are the same. And I think if you've come out of a particularly strong one, it may not occur to you to, to kind of ask the questions of, is this really the kind of department I want to go into? Or is this the, the kind of organization where I can build the, the organization I want? The other thing is just, you know, kind of if you're running a TA department, do you have those telltale signs that you're, you're running a strong shop? <laughs> what are they? That can be a hard thing to judge when you're internal and you're only looking at your own organization and your own metrics and so forth. So I think one of the things, you know, there are lots of telltale signs that when we connect with people, we go, ah, you know, here's a, here's a really good one. But they recognize that third-party organizations, whether it's the talent board and not-for-profit, whether it's us as a vendor, we're in 
and out of a lot of places and we see a lot of things and the really good ones tap us all the time for best practices. You know, how else have other people solved this? What other things are you seeing? You know, what's what's exciting? And, and just having that awareness, it's one of the things that candies, you know, it, encourage people to go to the, the Candy Symposium because it's a room full of people who are innovating, who are, you know want to do the best thing. It's really important to be with that peer group. That's how you learn. There, there's kind of no reason to surround yourself with people who are, are just repeating yesterday's processes. There's nothing new to learn and you don't grow as a person. So I think staying focused on where's the innovation? What are the things that are working? What kind of tests are people doing? What kind of technology is, you know, providing real results for them. Those are the things that really invigorate you, hopefully, if, if you're running a TA department. Yeah, I would agree. I, I One of the first things that strikes me as, I guess, innovative, progressive, you you know, insert buzzword, but a, 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 a recruiting team organization, and even smaller ones in small to mid-sized companies or the, the enterprise level where they can have hundreds of people on their TA team, um, if not more, is that if they're centered around the fact that the candidate is our customer and that is that is who we need to serve first and understand that's what we're serving first, both the external and the internal candidates. Because again, I always like to beat the drum. We're having to re-recruit to retain on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. if that that's that to me is a sign of a good one, they could still have the, the most archaic application process, <laughs> you know, whatever that is. But if they're if they've already come to the agreement internally and they've got by they got executive sponsorship on that too right that yes we can't now what do we do the candidate is a customer now let's maybe let's should we get some feedback after we get the feedback let's find out what's working and what's not and let's put one or two or three mini initiatives in place but those those are the things that i see i think at least because again i'm always connecting it Mari, as you know, back to improving or the impact on the business over time, and near term and, right. and long term. Those companies that are are that have it focused in that light and are talking about it in that light, whether, even if for B two B companies, that to me is the sign of a good one. I think. Yeah, and it's interesting you brought up the you know the external candidate and the internal candidate. One of the things that is a real you know kind of green light for us to say, oh, this is the, the kind of place you want to engage, is when you've got a TA department that that really partners with the line or isn't afraid of the line. You know, we hear people say, oh, our hiring managers won't do that. Our hiring managers won't give us the time of day. Hiring managers, this and that. And we're going, hmm, that this isn't a strong department. And sometimes it's the culture. But when when you see real partnerships, when you see the recruiters that really understand the jobs that really connect, that understand this is a business, it's not just a transactional, let me get some bodies and seats here and you know, do all this replacement hiring because they are just churning all the time. That for us is one of the real indications when someone sits down with business leaders and have real discussions about staffing and so forth. That's a, a, a big indication that you've got a really strong department. What's tough as well with many organizations, I know that you and I both talk to, is that the good ones, yes, they're they're having those conversations with other individuals in the business. They're understanding the impact on their business of how they're conducting the business of recruiting per se and how they're dealing with candidates. But it's, and then they, maybe they get one or two initiatives in place, this, we're going to improve it. But the long haul is the sustaining that. Right. Because they know, unfortunately, quite well, as we all do in business today, that you could be on a high growth trajectory and then all of a sudden the world goes to hell again and mm-hmm. economic dump. And it's it's a different world again. Or you got you got turn on the team that you didn't foresee or leadership changes. I mean, the list goes on. So. The heavy lifting is in that sustaining over time. And we see companies, even the very best of them, that 
maybe are winning our candy awards based on their highest positive candidate ratings. And maybe they've done it for two, one, two, three years in a row. And all of a sudden they fall off the face of the earth, but it doesn't mean they're not doing good work still. It just means right. that you know, there, there are changes in the business that have impacted, uh, obviously, how candidates are treated. And it doesn't mean they're still not doing things, but it's, that's hard work, though, right? Yeah, it is. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm as much a data junkie as you are. That's where I think the data really matters when you can quantify these things, when you can really look at, you know, quality of candidates and, and, and measure that forward. That's how you sustain it. And and that's hard work. It's, you know, you, you get these numbers year after year and you're going, oh man, is there, there a reason we're doing this? But yes, there is a reason you're doing it. You're running a business after all and tying it back to business results. I love the resentment calculator, you know, the talent boards come up with. But even just sitting down with a hiring manager and saying, look, here are our options. We can do X, we can do Y, we can do Z, and here are the kind of results we're going to get if you do each of these. You know, if you've got good hiring managers who are smart people, they can figure out that running an efficient process really makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's discipline. It's a lot of work and staying with the data and understanding how to use data. All of that is, is hard. But that's what part of what makes you really good at this. Well, exactly. And you and why you have to be on top of it all the time. Just simply asking organizations like have something really simple. Do, do you apply for your own jobs? And I even though I do see more hands going up in the room now when I ask that question, it's still there's those that and even those that do maybe once a year. You know, are they doing, I mean, there's just these little things that really incrementally over time add up positive and negative. But how much do you think is, of everything we've been talking about is driven by the talent acquisition leader and how much is it is coming from corporate culture? What do you think about that? Yes. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, do you need a really strong talent acquisition leader in there? Absolutely. I, I haven't seen a really strong department that didn't have someone at the top that wasn't you know, kind of joke about the, you know, the highest compliment I pay to someone is that they are a business person in HR clothing. No, that it, at the end of the day, they, they understand that they need to run an efficient program. They need to generate results and they do it within an HR context because some of the people that we've enjoyed working with the most have been really strong. They understand their, the business of their business and they understand you know what kind of metrics make sense and, and they also understand how to motivate their teams who are just good leaders overall. But there, there's also a piece, we've seen good leaders walk into organizations and after you know two or three years just throw up their hands and say, I just, there's not the support here despite having done what you would think would be all the right things. But we also, you know, as you were talking about this organization earlier, they're transformational organizations where you get someone who's strong, who's got a vision, who's got all these disciplines, and they understand it's, it may take two or three years to transform what they're doing and what becomes the norm and, and how they define success and excellence, and they do it. So there are absolutely cultures that are resistant to change, but you get a good, strong TA leader in an organization that'll at least give an inch, and you've got some real potential there. Oh, completely. I mean, I can't even add anything to that, but that's exactly what, what I do see. And which kind of leads us to the, the next point then, because when, when you see that disconnect or I hear from recruiting professionals at any level, frontline or even manager director level that are in organizations where even if they have a really strong overall leader, even a CHRO, and maybe the corporate culture isn't really, uh, they're, maybe they're, they're com compliance heavy, 
Um, they're, they're, you know, they're in a heavily regu regulated industry. I mean, all these things also impact, right? How I choose to treat candidates, the improvements that I may or may not make to recruitment and understanding the impact on the business needs to, maybe is foregone by the compliance considerations. But anyway, when I'm, if I'm in somebody that's in a quote unquote low performing organization, what, what should that recruiting person do? You made me laugh over the compliance. There's one person I was talking to a while ago who is dealing with an intractable compliance, head of compliance, who is just not budging. And this individual said to me, I just need to wait for this person to die. <laughs> wow. I'm like, okay, there's wow. an approach. Um, but, but assuming that you don't have someone who's just, you know, absolutely got you in a, a stranglehold, you know, I think doing things like having data, you know, that's key. Running pilots, that's, that's really key. You know, even if you haven't got a whole lot of, of money doing A-B tests, those can be really compelling. Obviously, finding champions that can be really transformative if you've found one or two folks on the line who are willing to be your showcase for, you know, let's talk about how we do it right and then really build some momentum around some new processes. You're not going to change the whole organization at once, but if you can carve off a piece and do that, that can make a big difference. And then to some degree, use outsiders. Um, you know, Kevin, you can walk into a place and say, let me tell you what it looks like when you do this well. Let me tell you what kind of results you get. Let me tell you, you know, what kinds of things here. Obviously, we can do the same thing. We can talk about best practices and so forth. So I, I think there are things that you can do in a small way if you do have, you know, and we've worked with organizations, you know, investment firms and, and defense contractors and so forth that are, you know, have really strong and, and necessary compliance organizations. But that doesn't necessarily mean you can't do anything innovative. There, some organizations are, are a little stronger than others, but even in organizations with very strong requirements for compliance and security and all of that, we're still seeing some best-in-class you know, practices. So that, that's not necessarily a, a dead end. No, it's not. And I would just add to that. If there's an opportunity to get some small wins, meaning, for example, there may be some internal incremental things that you can do that aren't going to take a lot of extra resources uh, budget, for example, or, e or even individuals where you could get some wins and make those improvements and not only get your TA leader to kind of celebrate and champion that, but then be able to start to get that permeating through the rest of the organization, especially to leadership. And you could then use that in conjunction with things like the resentment calculator that we have on our site, which is just gives you kind of a, it's kind of a big picture, you know, projection of what the potential cost to your organization is. Even if you're a B2B company, it gives you food for thought and thinking about if I have a negative candidate resentment, how's that going to translate to the business? Th those things and maybe some, some small e wins that you can pull off could help to change potentially the the culture internally if not get out yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> i mean i don't know what else to yeah. say. if not i mean yeah. Find an organization that, that that's that that you that you're a much better fit for, especially if you're somebody who wants to drive that change. Um, if you can't get that moving, and uh, understand that it's going to take more than a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. There, there can be real satisfaction out of making a real impact in an organization, but there's a point at which you have to accept you're beating your head against the wall and wasting your talent. So yeah, to take a good run at it, like you know. Get those small wins, get the data, you know, kind of line it all up. And if you find you just have got an intractable problem, move on because there are lots of organizations that really want to be better at this. I mean, look at the number of companies that participate in the candies. They're folks that want to be good at this. Go find one of them. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So, so Mari, the last thing I want to ask you in this podcast is 
do well-run organizations that, that we've been discussing throughout this podcast, do they get better service from vendors or is that is that not necessarily the case? What do you think? To some degree, they might. I mean, I, I find from our perspective, from Spark Start, it's, it's not a matter of better service, but the kinds of discussions we have with them really vary. You know, we we believe the best sign of a quality applicant pool is really in the yield on your phone screens, right? Your recruiter takes the resumes, they review them, they go out and they phone screen a bunch of people. Like how many calls do you need to make before you've got a, a good slate to put in front of a, a hiring manager? If you've got some base data there, if you can compare, you know, changes in yield to something, that's a great thing to do. So we have those kind of conversations about how you're measuring the impact and so forth. If you've got an organization that doesn't have that kind of base data, in the truth, kind of wouldn't know how to leverage it with their line and so forth. Then you talk about other kinds of ways to measure and so forth. So we think the conversations are different. You know, we're, dare I admit that I'm a complete snob and that I love talking to people who, you know, want to do new things and love their data and that kind of thing. Yeah, those, those kind of folks always invigorate me. So we, we maybe just naturally tend to spend more time engaged with them because we learn as much as we, we share. Right. Um, but when you find an organization that's trying to get better, you know, you just, you adapt and say, let's start with some simpler kinds of tests. Let's start with some, you know, some other sorts of things. So I don't think it's, it's, better service, but I think you get more sophisticated service out of your vendors when you are a more sophisticated organization. Right. Agreed. Underscore that exclamation points. All, <laughs> all of the above. Hey, listen, Mari, it's been great having you on the Candy Shop Talk podcast. I really appreciate it and look forward to seeing you in person again very soon. Yep. Look forward to it. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Thanks, Mari. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Candy Shop Talk podcast. For more information about Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards and Benchmark Research, visit www.thetalentboard.org.